welcome to another episode in the August series, Driving Discussions podcast, where we look at market developments in the transport fuel markets. My name is uh, Josephine Alström, VP Business Development Europe. And in this episode today, we are looking at used cooking oil and how this fascinating waste feedstock is playing an increasingly important role on the journey to decarbonize the transport market. With me today is Leo Canonis, a deputy editor for August Biofuels Report, and he covers the waste feedstock market daily, among other things. Great to have you here, Leo. Welcome. Thank you very much for having me, Josephine. So let's dive straight into it here. And um, can we start with one of the most basic things here on UCO, used cooking oil? So what what exactly is it? Is it as simple as the waste used cooking oil from French fries? And, and where do we then get it from? So where is it collected from? Well, in a way, yes, uh, it is that simple. I mean, Yuko consists of uh, oils and fats uh, from vegetable and animal origin that have been used by the food industry, restaurants, fast foods, uh, or even households to cook uh, any food for human consumption. Uh, it is considered a waste as it is no longer fit for, for human use and is mostly collected in uh, in big collection points set up by municipalities usually or councils and uh, based outside supermarkets, schools, stadiums or collected privately by, by big food processing factories. And um, yeah, household collection does exist um, and it is growing within the EU, but there is definitely a lot of untapped potential to it. So uh, I'm aware that the UCO is also used for the HVO market. So what is the difference between the UCO for the HVO market and for the UCOMI as a biodiesel? Is there a difference? The way Sweetsook um, used for UCOMI and HVO come from similar source points and is essentially the same feedstock. Uh, the difference is that biodiesel plants do not include that don't include uh, pretreatment facilities. Um, so essentially, the majority of them cannot process low-quality used cooking oil uh, that has not been processed beforehand. Uh, while HVO plants use more advanced technology that can process that low-quality feedstock uh, into a high-end product. Thanks. Thanks. That's interesting. Um, and. And then, I mean, when we have had this driving discussions uh, podcast over the spring here in the last few months, um, I mean, obviously, there's been a major focus on what has happened um, with the COVID-19 spreading out uh, in the markets um, across across the world. So if UCO is collected from the restaurants, I mean, the lockdowns then must have had a dramatic impact on the UCO supply. Yes, well, it has been definitely a very strange time for 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 the biofuels market overall, but also for for the waste-based uh, biofuel market. Uh, European use of oil volumes collected within kind of the the harsh lockdowns in Mar- March to May fell by 70 to 90 percent uh, from pre-COVID levels, but have started to slowly pick up uh, from mid-May onwards, depending on on the location, of course. Uh, the European UCME industry has heavily relied on feedstock imports to satisfy demand for, for the whole sector. And in 2019, uh, close to 1.7 million tons of, of UCO imports 
were recorded. Um, but the two-month closure of the Chinese economy following the, the outbreak of COVID-19 stopped imports from the EU's largest supplier. Uh, and since then, the economy reopened. Uh, most collectors and suppliers uh, rushed to, fill, to fulfill some contracts agreed prior to the outbreak. Uh, so we've seen flows basically reducing a lot from China. Uh, some volumes now have returned to the market, although collection domestically in China is around 70%, according to, to local collectors there and, and players involved in the market. Uh, of where they were before January. Restrictions in the US, uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, three of the biggest UK suppliers to the EU also, um, um, you know, have created an issue uh, as they don't have adequate supplies uh, because of, of those lockdowns. And so volumes have stopped coming in from those countries. Um, I think uh, over some statistics from the, from the EU customs data, say that imports of, of Yuko dropped to under 105,000 tons in February, and that was 22% below on the year for the same month, and the lowest monthly level of imports since June 2018. Chinese exports to the EU fell to under 25,000 tons in February, and that was the second consecutive month of year-on-year decline, and the first time this has happened for Chinese shipments to the EU since November and December of 2016. So it's definitely a, a, a hard time for uh, for European biodiesel producers in, in you know in terms of production. So so have you seen any price impact with such uh, drops in volumes? Yeah, for sure. I mean, prices dropped uh, massively in the beginning um, of, of of lockdown because there was no demand, road fuel demand, uh, and now we've seen prices already. Uh, shifting upwards for used coconut oil, it trades now 25% higher on a FOB China basis compared with a year earlier, and 26% uh, higher uh, on a SIF ARA basis um, compared to a year earlier. But uh, tight Chinese UCO supplies, I think, um, will uh, are expected to lift export prices further. Uh, so adding another element uh, to the challenges affecting currently European biodiesel producers. Um, we already see FOB uh, prices uh, and SIF prices at their highest level since late March. Uh, and this rebound has been supported by firm demand from the European biodiesel and also the hydro-treated vegetable oil producers uh, that are still trying and striving to fulfill uh, increased transport fuel blending mandates for, for 2020. So can you please explain why is uh, Yuko so popular? Uh, am I right in assuming the targets set for waste feedstock as part of the RED, so the Renewable Energy Directive by the European Commission, that that is the main driver? Exactly. So um, Yusko Kinol has been an integral part of the biodiesel industry. Uh, with Yuko-based biodiesel or Yukumi production in Europe, uh, the US and Asia scaled up considerably in the past decade. Um, Yukumi can provide above 90% greenhouse gas savings compared with conventional fuels. Uh, so uh, it's, a, it's a market constantly growing at steady rates. Um, this is in comparison with a tallow-based uh, biodiesel sector or TME uh, deriving from um, animal fat that is quite mature already in Europe as a market uh, and has limited opportunity for growth. So in terms of legislation, 
We've seen advanced and waste biofuels being promoted via policy mechanisms such as double counting uh, or the advanced sub-target of 1.7% out of the 14% transport target for 2030, which is included in the revised Renewable Energy Directive or RAD2. Uh, multipliers also have been used as a policy mechanism to, prov- to promote uh, novel technologies or expensive feedstocks uh, and provide a vital market driver for investors. So these mechanisms have essentially created and sustained the biofuels industry until this day. So do you think that the next version then of RED or RED, um, so the RED2, uh, will it bring the stability to the waste feedstock market that is much needed and the certain certainty for it to um, uh, further develop? Yes, I certainly believe that RED2 will bring the market stability you're referring to for at least half a decade. Uh, and the signal to investors is clear, and that is invest in, in waste feedstocks. But isn't there a lot of concern about eco-sustainability and tracing of its origin? I mean, um, for example, we had the Campenford case in Netherlands uh, that was uncovered um, some time ago. Um, but has there been any actions taken to address any of such sustainability concerns for the UCO? Yeah, there is definitely a lot of uh, concern um, and more so because of the COVID-19 pandemic that overall limits UCO supplies um, at the same time as biofuels mandates uh, are actually increasing across the EU. So more uh, biofuels are needed and more waste biofuels are are needed. Uh, Currently, it's not possible to trace the origins of used cooking oil used for, for biodiesel production in Europe as this is something the member states are not reporting. Uh, There are voluntary schemes um, that have access to this kind of information and share it with the European Commission, but these schemes cover only a small fraction of the market um, or a fraction, let's say, and it's unclear how much of the certified product uh, is consumed domestically and how much of it abroad. However, the revised RED2 uh, has empowered the European Commission to, to move forward with an EU-wide biofuels database that will allow for traceability of the whole supply chain for the industry and biofuels consumed within the European Union. So this is currently being discussed extensively by the European Commission and the main industry stakeholders, and we should be able to know more on this in the coming weeks or months. Uh, Apart from this, the European Commission has said uh, recently that they will tighten auditing procedures for biofuels produced from used cooking oil by setting um, detailed certification rules and in an implementing act and also supervising the work done by by certification bodies. Um, but there, so, so if that answers that concern on the sustainability, but there are also concerns that there is not enough UK um, available both for UKME and HVO. Do you think that is a legitimate concern? Yeah, I think under the current circumstances, it is a real concern. Um, UCO supplies in the European Union have, have limited potential uh, and are quite matured, uh, especially on the commercial side, uh, with some uh, potential on the household level. So opportunities for growth um, in collection comes from countries like uh, China, Indonesia, Malaysia, 
that have seen steady growth in their supplies, but also in, in Africa or, or potentially India. Um, HVO supply will grow extensively in the coming years. And uh, so used cooking oil will compete even more um, uh, for Yukumi for producers and HVO producers. Um, and that, that will be difficult situation basically for Yukumi producers who, who will face difficulties in securing feedstock. Uh, so for some large companies, for example, setting up operations in, in countries of feedstock origin, like the ones uh, I mentioned, is a way to secure purchases uh, for the next years, while smaller players might be squeezed outside of the markets. Um, used cooking oil has become a very important feedstock for the whole market, uh, and it also feeds with a circular economy approach adapted by the, by the European Union's action plan for the coming decades. Uh, so member states and the European Commission will certainly have a lot of work to do in order to incentivize the market further, sustain growth, but at the same time maintain a fair level playing field across different sectors. So it is it is definitely a legitimate concern then. Um, thanks, thanks, Leo. That's very useful. Of course. But um, then, I mean, do you want to maybe give us a a quick brief on the waste uh, coverage that we do here at Argus. For example, how issues like limited uh, supply will impact the pricing. Um, so where can any listeners who want to find out more on the waste coverage, what, sh- what should they be looking at from at, at the Argus side, if I say so? Of course. Uh, so we publish a daily report on the biofuels desk uh, in London. Apart from our waste biodiesel assessments, so that is UCME and TME, uh, coming from used cooking oil and animal fat, we have been pricing used cooking oil as a feedstock on a SIF uh, ARA basis for the past two and a half years, and very recently moved this assessment from from weekly to daily, as our understanding of the market and and robustness of our pricing has increased uh, significantly in the past year. As of uh, August 2019, we introduced a, um, a UCO Xworks Netherlands assessment in order to capture liquidity for, for Dutch feedstock collected domestically um, or foreign feedstock imported and then transported to Dutch uh, co- local collection points. Um, and uh, this February, we also launched a, a weekly palm oil mill effluent uh, or POME a- assessment on a FOB Malaysia and Indonesia basis which is essentially a wastewater deriving from the palm oil milling process. We always look for new opportunities in the waste feedstock markets and have plans to introduce at least two new price assessments by the end of the year. Thanks, Leo. That sounds exciting. I will definitely look out for those two new price assessments. Um, and and also uh, good to hear how this used cooking oil market works. And for the audience, any listeners, so if you want to hear more uh, on uh, what we've been talking about on this driving discussion series and you want to stay updated on future episodes um, from Europe, but also from August colleagues across the globe, uh, please visit our website, www.augustmedia.com slash driving discussions. So many thanks for listening and have a good day.